Welcome, everybody, to the grandest opening on this morrow Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. For in this corner, weighing at 532 ounces, with the legs of a ballerina who's been jacked in the legs, and the eyes like an eagle who's been shopping at groceries where the labels are really small. We have the endurable two thumbs undecided Sam Ferguson, the Annihilator. Yeah, yeah, go Sam, go Sam. Hello, that's my name. All of that's true. But Sand. in the other corner, oh, I'm getting shivers. We got a guy whose chin doesn't know when to say hi. We ha- he has hair that flows like spagat. He has fingies that don't know math. And he's got balls in his eyes. Once again, talking about eyeballs that look like the Chinese. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry, I was gonna I was trying to compare um, Wow that, that announcer is pretty racist. No, no. What the, what's wrong with this dude? And his eyeballs that look like the Turkish Empire of the 1920s. It's sick. Wait, it looks away. Sorry, announcer, I have a question. Yes. Uh, I know you're still announcing that person. It his eyeballs looks like the Empire? Uh the Turkish Are they, is it like the Turkish Empire. But I don't you know what I mean? Like physically, like the landmass, like it looks like. No, conceptually. How it looks? No, conceptually. Kinda. Also, the Turkish Empire, I think that was closer to like around the. What, what you said, the 20th century? That's like the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. Now, uh, before I start fighting you guys for real, I have to. I have to go into my sleeping. Wait, fighting. I, well, I have to sleep. Uh, and it, that takes about an hour. So I'll see you guys uh, okay. in an hour. That guy had a strange obsession with comparing things to dynasties from the 20th and 19th century. I thought it was kind of cool. I think he will be canceled though in the future um, about comparing my about to compare my eyes to the Chinese dot dot dot. I think. Dynasty. I mean, I I think he he was kind of. Uh, it seemed like he didn't really know what he was uh, uh, saying. I think. I but think. Do he you was think that just, was an, a, a, things popped into his hold head? On, do you think that's a good uh, uh, defense for? people saying random stuff on my on mic um well i mean if you apologize for it and you're just like oop i didn't mean to i, I mean, don't think he apologized I don't see how you would get uh do you think he was just like i'm glad i said that but i'm gonna change it anyways no i definitely think he was um he was kind of like lieutenant dan with saying thank you to uh forrest gump you know how in forrest gump lieutenant says hey forrest i never did thank you for saving my life and then he just falls into the ocean. And Forrest Gump, instead of oh, thinking yeah. like, oh, what an asshole for not thanking me. Instead, he just says, I think Lieutenant Dan found gold. The gold? Yeah. Gold. Uh, <laughs> I think he found gold. I think. I think. Yeah. Lieutenant Dan didn't say it that day, but I think he found Elliot Gold. <laughs> Anyways, we're two thumbs undecided while this guy's sleeping. Um, we'll just do a show because, weirdly enough, it's the exact amount of time we have to do a show. Um, and cool. might as well get it done. Uh, 
yeah, so we're two thumbs undecided. Um, we are a um, a uh, what are we? A satirical film theorists is our title that we decided to come up with ourselves. Um, we did not do anything last week, um, and uh, interesting enough. So, like a year ago, right? I mean, last week was the Super Bowl, right? Right. Um, last year, it feels like it hasn't even been a year. It feels it's odd to me because it doesn't feel like it's been a year. I was but dis- last year we did an episode on Super Bowl movies. Mm. So if you wanted, you know, you can go back and listening to that. It's a good episode. Um, film news. I feel like there's quite a bit of film news. There is a bit of film news. Um, we could. Do, do you want to start? Yeah, I mean. I- we can talk about the most uh, obvious one. Um, shoot, and I just had it up. But um, talk about cancellation. Um, somebody from The Mandalorian, a.k.a. Gina Carino, uh, who plays Kara Dunn, uh, Dune on Mandalorian, uh, she was fired from Disney for comparing... The Republicans to the Jewish people during uh, Nazi Germany. Well, I think it's a little more intense than that. I think uh, she was. Well, I mean, she said it so poorly. Well, she said a few things. Like it wasn't just was she said that. Yeah, it wasn't there was a build up. What was the first one? Something. It was something about. Well, it seemed like uh, it. There was there. She just had a lot of. Um, very kind of like right uh, right leaning belief like she was and it seemed like like from her tweets it seemed like she was anti-mask she also had she made a joke about lgbtq because she was like making fun of pronouns and stuff um and so there's like a few things that kind of added up <clears throat> that um and i think the 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 it be started to become clear that she was speaking very uh you know typical right leaning things and then um she defend she defended herself by having this tweet basically comparing <laughs> herself to uh Jews being beaten up by the Nazis <laughs> uh which is never uh a, I feel like a great comparison unless you're actually referring to Nazis which is an actual serious somewhat a, a serious problem in America nowadays mm. um but like if you're just saying like Comparing yourself to Jews being beaten up in the Nazis because, or being beaten up in World War by the by the Nazis, uh, it it doesn't it doesn't really uh, doesn't really hold up. So, I don't yeah, she understand. Got fired. <clears throat> it's not that you shouldn't be silent. It's just it's the wrong thing to. S- it's just not good to say. Especially no, it's almost like you should know in your head by now. Don't compare yourself to. Uh, you know, to Jewish people who during the Nazi, you know, during the Nazi reign, it's just unless mm-hmm. you're Jewish. It's, yeah, it's I, just, I, uh, I, it's not a good. I don't know. I might. This might be a. Um, she. I, I don't know. It's. It seems like people. People just needed to talk to her and like have a conversation with her. <laughs> Sit her down and be like, okay. Sit her down and talk to her because, like, the other Gina, thing too is, honey, I. It seemed I was reading into it, and it seemed when she made the the, the joke about um, the pronouns and stuff, she sat down with uh, Pascal, uh, and Pascal talked to her about um, wait before why she, you respect 
why you respect people's pronouns after she tweeted it. Oh, okay, good. So the thing is, like, she's just very, it seems like she's very cocky, and she just doesn't want to apologize. She, like, apologized, but she didn't fully apologize. I don't know. Very much in character for her Cara Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, she was casted well, I guess. But um, I, I, I think it's a, I, I think it's a gray area. I don't know. Uh, Gina Car uh, Carano, um, said that she and Ben Shapiro, you know, one of those conservative, uh, pundit guys, who has a cult following. I think it's a cult following. Uh, she said he, uh, she and he are gonna be doing a movie together. Oh yeah, and there no, is the there Daily is Wire is producing something, right? And in all honesty, I kind of <clears throat> I won't pay money to see it. I will go out of my way to not pay it, but I want to see the movie because I think it's just going to be so unbelievably bad. Like remember that yeah. Rudy Giuliani thing with uh, oh, James yeah. Wood? Where I mean, like, that was in like the 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 nineties, right? No, like that no. was that was it was it was uh, after nine eleven. So it was like 2005. But it was like on the height of his when he was still yes. considered like America's mayor or whatever. Right. It was during the and time not this when dimensional, we... leaking, disgusting, weird lawyer of Donald Trump. Which it's so weird how people can just change right. the whole. Well, there's there's a cultural... there's a documentarian who I forget his name, but he he makes some of the worst documentaries ever. Like they're just badly produced, badly acted. Uh, but he, it, it's something called like. Well, hopefully not acted. Well, no, that's it is acted. That's how bad his movies are. Um, there's a movie called Hillary's America that's very much like saying Hillary is a Nazi and and it's, okay, it yeah. just throws around conspiracies. Uh, but instead of getting like actual B footage, he'll recreate things using actors, and the actors are horrible. And that's what I want yeah. Ben Shapiro's and. Uh, Gina Carino's movie to be. I just want. I know it's going to be horrible. Where it's apparently uh, also Ben Shapiro wrote a book, and it's very. It it has that that funny way of like pushing down. Like he was a he was a soldier, and then he came back, and he was made fun of for his political views. Jimmy, mm -hmm. who had of course a twelve uh, inch penis knew that he was right like these little things that are like okay this character is I, the best i do wonder though about um that like can't because like whenever you fire someone over those kind of comments it does lead to and i'm not saying that this situation i don't know what was going on behind the scenes maybe disney was like you got to stop saying this stuff and then and then she you know tweeted that thing about the, comparing herself to being beat up by nazis and and then they were just like you're fired but i i do think that there needs to be like i said there needs to be a convert because i i feel like if you fire people if you fire everyone that has some kind of disbeliefs over you it's going to lead to more and more polarization and more and more like they have their thing we have our things like they're gonna have like why i i i do not worry but i, I feel like there does need to be uh a little bit more leniency in some things. That see, I, I wonder what the future would have been like if they let Gina. I'm on a first ba name basis now. Gina keep her job <clears throat> because mm -hmm. I think what she said was stupid, and very yeah. very bad. But I don't 
personally, I don't know if it it was canceled. Personally, I don't know if it was canceled. Like, well, fireable. let's move on. Let's move on to another thing that I I also think is kind of a weird, strange gray I, area. I do, and it's not really a gray area, but I do want to just say that hey, you know, if it's it's Disney's right to fire whoever they want. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's not you up know, to me. I, I'm not. Yeah, well. I don't like Disney in general, but they can fire whoever, I guess. Um, I also, but like moving on to, I also think it's kind of a gray area, but it's also kind of fucked up. The whole Army Hammer thing. I The hammer. The, the, so like I was reading into it and it seems it's a little less of a gray area because it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, he ate pretty weird. He? Do you think he actually no. ate people? Are you kidding? No, me? but I really it, don't. No, I, I'm so. not. I I don't know anymore. Cause what? he, his, who has that kind of fetish in which they are so. So the people who don't know this story by now, he apparently like was you know texting girls and saying, "I want to eat your kidney," and like would, like would meet up with people and would tell them in person like that is a sexual fetish of mine, is to eat. To be a cannibal of the girl that I'm, and I, I mean, it seems at this point that there's not, it's like he hasn't actually killed someone and, and eaten their kidney or whatever, but he, there was one girl in particular he kind of forced to carve an A in her pelvis, Good. and it, it seems, it seems like such a strange fetish that I wouldn't be surprised that he did, like, buy kidney from the black market or something and ate a kidney or something i don't know because he's also comes from a lot of money like uh, he his parents were very rich he's uh, and like his... the, the level of rich that like yeah. they think that they can get away with some well i mean fucked up you would be rich shit. too if your family invented the hammer true he did that that the namesake of army ha- of hammer is uh his uh, yeah, his great 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 grandfather's just like, let us not hit this nail <laughs> with a spoon. Let's hit it with me. What? And then it a was hammer? like this this whole. <laughs> it was this whole thing where it was like uh, they thought it was like very cocky to name it after yourself. Like, of course, he named it Hammer. Hammer is like one of the biggest. Hammer you know, don't hurt me. Which is apparently- exactly, and that's what that song popularized the use of a hammer other before that it wasn't really uh nobody ever used a hammer before that song (laughs) i forget who sings that song but before that song hammer don't hurt me nobody it was like really rare for people to use a hammer yeah people were still using spoons Spoons up until when was that song come out the 70s i think the the 80s 80s. maybe even the 90s Yeah, people were still using spoons until about and large until around the 70s and large boots yeah uh, crazy but, how anything got done. Yeah, it's crazy um, that America like was built on on shoes and large. Yeah, shoes. if you see, you know, like those famous things of like people building the Empire State Building. If you look in closely, <laughs> they just have a big old boot <laughs> or a small spoon. There's, there's all this deleted footage of them just like banging. <laughs> Banging this building with like their boots and stuff. Their hands just going like "Ah!" their hands. (laughs) Most of the people who actually did not die from falling, they actually died from the typhoid they got from 
cutting from piercing their skin with these rusty nails. Yeah, it's um, it's a. We I should can... actually probably move on to our thing at some point. But I also want to first say, Happy Chinese New Year, which was uh, yesterday. I believe it's the year of the ox now. Um, and uh, so, congr- uh, or not congratulations, but happy for everyone who is celebrating that. Also, happy Valentine's Day, which is when this actually is coming Whoa. out. Um, we have the perfect tomorrow. topic for our Valentine's Day. Well, we have a good topic for, uh, more importantly, for Black History Month. Yes. Um, we are going to be talking. There is one more thing I wanted that that's also in the news, uh, and we could talk about this very briefly. Um, but it has to do with an earlier episode that we did. Did you see this whole thing about Josh Whedon? Oh yeah, no, I'm, he's getting lampooned. I mean, this is well, not lampooned. I he's mean, getting um, yeah, he's uh, talk about canceled. But I mean, like every woman in Buffy is coming out and speaking out against him. First, it was a uh, charisma carpenter, uh, who played um, the what's her name again? Uh, are you talking about Buffy's the, daughter? I mean, Buffy's no, no, uh, no, 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 sister. No, she was like the popular kid. Uh, I uh, want to Cordelia. 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 Very much a popular So she played name. Cordelia, um, and she came out. At, but the thing is, like, I knew this was – it's one of – it kind of reminds me of the Weinstein thing where uh, it, it was a I, – I think it was always under the surface that Charisma Carpenter specifically really did not like Josh Whedon because she was – Her story She was, got pregnant. Yeah. I mean, she got pregnant, and then that's – Josh Whedon was like, well, you're, you're, you're fired. Uh, from the show, um, and then you know moved her over to to Angel or whatever. But like that was the the reason she was let go, uh, you know, which is horrible. But um, and then you know, uh, uh, Buffy Sarah Michelle Geller comes out and supports her, saying like, "Thank you for saying this. I too like it was you know he misused his power, and uh, and then uh recently, um, Michelle track." Trachtenberg, uh, who played uh, the daughter. Dawn. That's not daughter. It was Dawn. The, yeah, it was uh, Buffy's uh, and newly she said, acquired uh, thank sister. You. She said, thank you, Sarah uh, Miguel Scheller, for saying this. I am brave enough now as 35-year-old woman to repost this because this must be known as a teenager, teenager with his uh, not appropriate behavior. Very not appropriate. And like apparently there was a rule in which Josh Whedon was not allowed alone in the room with her. So that's kind of the extent of how everyone kind of knew on set of Josh Whedon's behavior, that they knew it was just like a rule, don't leave him alone with the kid. <laughs> uh, so Though it seems like he's still, uh, Josh Whedon still is able to get jobs and such. I mean, he, well, he just, we'll see what DC does. I mean, this all came out because of he was told to, or he got that he was directing well, Justice League. Not only DC, but uh, he just finished, or they just finished a, t- a new TV show of his called The Nevers, which is kind mm. of a, a Victorian superhero. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people start letting him go. I mean, it's it's uh, this seems this to me seems more of an open and close, not open and close, but it does seem to be more of a like. There's a lot of people coming out about this. Um, so I don't know. This it's not as much of a gray area in my mind no. as the other. Yeah, well, other when two. it comes down to this stuff, it's uh, this is where I think people should be canceled or not canceled, yeah. just not hired. 
yeah. as much. Um, much so moving on, that's that's it for the. I mean, you know, there's obviously other things that happened. Um, Sundance just finished up. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, uh, festival season. Yada yada yada. So, anyways, um, we're gonna be jumping back in time because this is we're gonna be talking about someone who I feel like is not really talked about um at all uh or not i i really didn't really know about this person until um until i just i i was just wikipedia surfing and i just like found stumbled upon this person and his name is oscar Michaud, and oscar Michaud is not the first um he is not the first black director uh there were other black directors before him but his movies are the oldest surviving movies of a black director. Oh. Um, and I think he is the most uh, uh, well-regarded and talked about black director of the Harlem uh, Renaissance days of like the 20s and 30s. Um, and so we're going to be talking about uh, him today and his kind of complex um, career and life and uh, how, he, how his career began and ended. Uh, so do you, so Zach and I watched some of the movies. Um, do you want to talk briefly about some of My your thoughts first thoughts him? from watching? Yeah, yeah, no, um, I watched one of his movies and then a little bit of, uh, like a documentary thingy on him, but I saw the movie Body and Soul and ah. it was a very, very, uh, tough, I mean, tough movie in the sense that it was, uh, it was very dark. And I don't know mm-hmm. how other movies were like in silent era. You know, I've seen a few, but it it was a tough to- a topic. the The story is about a preacher, a a, a recent like jailed a prisoner, escaped prisoner, uh, dresses up as a preacher and kind of takes advantage of this small town for years and years, and mm-hmm. um, gets away with so much stuff like drinking, boozing. There's because it's the silent era. Um, there were several shots of uh, the preacher showing that he's a bad guy, just drinking by himself. And what he would do is he would like pour himself a shot and then drink it and then look like he was on a roller coaster. So he he would be like convulsing, like, wow, like this is so much fun. (laughs) By the way, he's by himself. And it just seems like that's what he did the entire night. Um, And I, right, just, that, I just, it, it was just so that funny. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's one of those clear things like, oh, he's a bad guy. He's drinking and enjoying it. I but know. It I is just, interesting how I think it would watching be- his movies or watching those movies, how like drinking was so taboo. It was like people who drink. I mean, this was right before, this probably led to, you know, the, the, um, what's it called? Uh, this prohibition. was during uh, well, Prohibition, I think. It was crazy, Prohibition too. was in the 20s and 30s. I'm seeing this movie, and I, I, you know, this movie came out, The Body and Soul came out in 1925. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at these these people, and you see the actors in the 1920s, and you can't help but go like, oh, they look like they're from the 1920s. But in honesty, like in all honesty, I could see some of those people look like being today. And, mm-hmm. and that makes me realize, like, so in a in a hundred years from now, are people going to be like, wow, they look like so 2021 people? Mm-hmm. Well, to me, I'm like, I mean, you do right now. I do. Well, like, that's, that, 
with that colorful shirt you got on. I love it. I have a very nice Teddy Fresh shirt that my dear old oh roommate, Christian Imhoff, bought for me. Oh. Um, yeah, it was a good gift. But um, no, back to the timely thing. So Body and Soul, um, so it's about this preacher. He's a drunkard. He's also, I think, he's like, I mean, he does everything bad in the book. Um, he ste- he uses his uh, uh, priesthood to like steal from people. He, but the story is is about uh, a woman, this this mom who wants to give her daughter to this priest, but the woman knows he's bad because there's an a parent, not a parent, but a uh, a subtonal. Maybe not even subtotal, but there's like a a possible rape scene in between the cuts. Hmm. Like there's a scene where like she the daughter is like undressing and the door slightly opens and you just see footprints and then it just cuts it uh, fades to a thing that says thirty minutes later, and then it shows hmm. the same feet walking away and the girl's like crying. So something bad happened. Maybe it was not you know a sexual thing, or maybe it definitely probably was, but. Basically, something horrible happened. Um, hmm. And the same thing happens, like, in another scene. Not a sex thing, but, like, he hurts her trying to steal money from her. And it's a very sad, like, it's very intense. Uh, but I mean, that was the thing that... Oh, by the way... The silent movies do that. What? Yeah, uh, so twist ending, um, it was all a dream. Like, a really what? intense dream. Really? I, I don't know if the pre- wait. Spoilers, by the way. But oh, yes, yeah, spo- really spoilers for Body and Soul. Yes. So at the very end, and I don't know what where the wow. dreams. I don't know where the he dream does starts, that. A, he, or he does that a lot though, where he kind of plays with time in his movies in a very interesting way. Um, and I want to jump back to the point that you made about how, like, watching it now, you feel like. It some like it's it seems like I can see those people existing today, and for me because I started watching a little bit of that movie, and but I've seen a few of his uh, some of his other movies, and I feel the same way. But in in the fact that it's just black people being represented as normal, you know, because I feel like so many films from that time period, they're such caricatures. I mean, Jazz Singer came out two years later, and that has the what uh, Alan whatever the fuck his name is doing blackface. And singing the song, Al whatever, uh, Al Jolson. Mom, it's man. Yeah, yeah. He sings the man. Toot, toot, tootsie. Goodbye, bubba. Um, and no, it's it's horrible. So Have it's just kind of crazy how you see you see these films, and it's also it, it was a little bit not tough because there's still a lot of information on this person. But the thing is, is with Oscar, like we said, with Oscar Micheaux, he is, I think, one of the most talked about. Uh, black directors of this time period simply because the most have been un- uncovered of his films. There it has not been... I mean, a lot of silent movies have been lost to time. That's just a fact. Like, silent movies, I think there's only, like, 20% left of, like, how what what uh, was actually made. Um, but, of course, I mean, most of the priority was given to, to white directors who worked for studios... And Oscar Micheaux, I mean, something about Oscar Micheaux, uh, I love these stories of directors that had to make movies. They're, they they basically worked themselves to death. Oh, is, that, fact is that, that they, what happened? They, 
Or I, I guess it's not basically. I mean, he he. We'll get into his history in a second, but he was a legitimate indie director, pioneer. He guy. produced everything himself. He was a home he distributed. Stetter. He would go around and yeah, he was a homesteader. Which, and we have to look up what would, the definition of that is. I think it's just I know somebody... what a, a homesteader is. Basically, someone who is self sufficient, who like gardens, who are like runs a house. Oh, you know what? Basically, he is? Uh, the homesteader. It came from the the homesteader act. In which people would just get a tract of land, he, um, and so he just had land, farmed it, and probably sold crops and stuff. But he just owned; he really worked the land. It's like the people you see in the west western movies, where like yeah. a cowboy rides up on a on a field, and there's like one yeah. house in the middle of nothing. That to but, me is what homesteading is. We can we'll get into his history in a second because I mean he has an interesting history oh. of I mean how did this. This person in like the you know Jim Crow. I mean, he wasn't in the South, but like Jim Crow era, uh, get the to be like it. It seems like it's 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 a long kind of interesting story how it how he got to 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 start directing these movies. But a lot of it came from just him, his own money, distributing himself. And of course, he was horribly like a lot of the things was too censored. I mean, one of the movies um, that I watched was called Within Our Gates. Um, and within our gates was a, uh, it, it's not a direct, uh, rebuttal to, um, birth of a nation, but it was definitely inspired as trying to be the antithesis of this, this movie and this culture that was going out. So it's like, there was a lot of censorship with, within our gate about even at the time, or sorry, uh, with, um, birth of a nation, even at the time of how, you know, racist it was, but within our gates was even more censored because uh it was too truthful it was too honest about racism in the south um because they have scenes very not fairly vivid scenes of of lynching um and so so what we'll we'll get into within the gates about by the way body and soul is a good movie i i personally you know silent movies are you know at least nowadays not thought of as enjoyable but I enjoyed I this movie. No, I mean that's the thing. I think silent movies are to film to just people. I think or people who enjoy just almost silence or just kind of enjoying the moving arts instead of having to be titillated all the time by explosions mm-hmm. and snappy dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. Silent movies are nice, and I, I found this enjoyable. But oh, the, I, there is one thing about the movie uh, that I found to be interesting. Is you know so they they hyper accentuate uh, black culture within silent movies by d- white directors. Um, mm-hmm. Something I did find interesting is the 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 language or the way they um, Oscar uh, Minshew Michel did Michel did show like did write out the way that some of the oh yeah black, yeah how uh, the uh, you know, African the people would talk like very much like, With, like I had the to, slang and kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, I had to read it out loud. Now you find mm-hmm. out later that the mother who is trying to give the daughter to the priest, she, at least from the context, she was a cotton picker. Like that's mm-hmm. like, she's trying to raise money for her daughter. Uh, and you see like flashes of cotton being picked. So yeah, I imagine she probably, and she says the N word too. Yeah. Not with a hard E R, but with a U H. And it's it's interesting 
because that word definitely comes from demoralization of black people during yeah. I, I don't know when exactly but from my thought it's from uh, from my memory it's from slave owning times to demoralize yeah. them and so the mom says that to this guy that the daughter brings home like this is the da- the daughter wants to marry this other guy not the priest and she calls him the n-word with a uh and the mm-hmm. daughter goes mom uh, mom uh, mama don't be so vulgar that's horrible like yeah it's known that that word is a horrible thing to call somebody i mean his movies are are like even modern in that sense i mean just having this discussion because like it is not it is not talked about in the 20s like in the 20s i mean birth of a nation came out in what like 19 i don't know exactly when let's see and but that so that came out maybe five years before he started directing and that was I mean, the what's his what's his face? Uh, Woodrow Wilson watched *Birth of a Nation* in the White House, I like that. That it. was part, part of the culture. The so let's go ahead into the history of this dude. So, in total, he directed forty-four movies uh, in his lifespan, uh, and he only lived to be about sixty-four. Seven, oh. Which to um, me, living to that age in the nineteen twenties, or I guess he lived up to the. No, he died the, in the fifties. I mean, sixties is still, you know, I think you're still. Yeah, we'll over. get into it. We'll get okay. into it. Uh, so, so he directed forty-four movies, um, but he was born uh, January twenty-second in eighteen eighty-four in Metropolis, Illinois, and something. A lot of his movies and a lot of his stories are kind of not autobiographical but they do have a lot of correlations with his life um because it fluctuates a lot between uh south um uh south kansas and um uh or was it south kansas yeah south kansas and uh and uh uh uh, chicago um so like he was a the the fifth child of former slaves from Kentucky, um, and they they moved to uh, they moved to 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 Chicago, or around near Chicago uh, in Illinois, um, and he left uh, and started working at a, a car company and then a coal mine. Uh, eventually, went and moved to Chicago and uh, opened a bank account by uh, shining shoes at a barber shop uh, and that's how he that was his first like not making you know a lot of money but that's how he started making at least being comfortable uh and eventually he was hired as a pullman porter in 1902 what is that uh, which pullman porters are uh there's a phrase in which like lincoln f- uh freed the saves but pullman uh hired them because pullman was oh interesting uh, i he had a lot of he he ran a train company and so pullman porters were all uh you know black uh males uh were the 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 the, you know were the servers and like the people that helped the patrons um and so he specifically only hired black males probably probably because you know he could get away with paying them next to nothing but at the same time gave them a lot of jobs and a lot of black americans at the time were like this was the job that was like coveted um cuz they got a decent pay and it was consistent um and he got uh $25 a month was the exact pay he got from being a pullman porter uh which is about 670 today 
So he couldn't really live off of that. Uh, so he started doing this thing called knocking down, which is essentially providing services for patrons that the company did not offer. And so he would collect, uh, he would collect basically direct payment from patrons being like, get me do this thing and I'll just pay you directly. Um, so he started doing this, which was highly illegal. And the Pullman porters were, you know, trying to catch people for doing this because this was a well-known like scheme that a lot of people were doing. Um, but he was able to raise $2,300, which is nearly $80,000 today in the matter of 18 months. And with that money, he moved uh, to South Dakota and uh, became a homesteader, as we said. And that's when he started writing uh, writing little articles that he sent to various places, like the Chicago Defender was one of his, the biggest publications. Uh, and he married this uh, this woman named Orlean McCracken. Uh, McCracken, really? How do you... M-C... Mick... C-R-A-C-K-E-N. McCracken. I can't think of any other way of pronouncing. McCracken, maybe? Um, oh, no, it's McCracken. I, I only say that because they're... Um... Orlean McCracken, there is a, uh, the guy who created uh, Powerpuff Girls, uh, his name is Craig McCracken. Maybe, maybe they're related. Uh, but so anyways, I Orlean, so. The, the marriage soon ended because he was starting to get actually busy from his, um, from his writing uh, and from being, also being a homesteader. I mean, that's also a full-time job. Um, so he, she ended up, uh, you know, she had a kid. And she was thinking that he didn't spend enough time with her. Uh, so she emptied his bank account and ran away uh, with the kid. Whoa, that, and that the is father... so interesting. Sorry, real quick. That's funny you say that because in the movie, in the film, the uh, Body and Soul, uh, that's actually a main plot is that this mom is raising money yeah. for this. But then the woman, the, her daughter, who is abused by this preacher and steals the money, and blames the him stealing the money on her. She runs away to Atlanta. Um, I mean, it, so like kinda... I said, a lot of his stuff is very autobiographical or autobiographical. Um, and Orleans, the his now ex-wife's father, uh, sold Oscar's property as well. So they kind of, and then he came back from a business trip or something, and all of his money, all of his property was gone. Uh, but. He was able to uh, turn this experience and his whole experience into a book uh, and started selling books. And in 1913, published a thousand copies of his first book, The Conquest, which was uh, a story of a Negro pioneer. Uh, and throughout his career, he wrote seven books, and but all of them were um, anonymous. Uh, the, there wasn't really any information why he did that, but... Um, for instance, another one of the bo books he wrote was the case of Miss Win Wingate, Wingate, Wingate uh, which became the first best-selling book ever by a black author. Um, and a little quote from him, he was like, he said, I want to see Negro pictured in books just like he lives. But if you write that way, the white book publishers won't publish your script. So I formed my own book publishing firm and write my own books. And Negroes like them too. Uh, because three of them are bestsellers. So he made three best-selling books. And that was kind of a theme throughout his career. It was he was just like, I don't want to have white people 
rewriting what I make and like trying to, you know, whitewash this. I want to have it be, uh, you know, black led companies, black books. And he invention made, uh, eventually made a black film production company. And it was just only black people making these films. Uh, and eventually in 1917, he wrote the book Homesteader, which got him uh, a lot more, uh, a lot more praise and uh, he eventually adapted this to a silent movie um, and was approached by Lincoln Motion Picture to produce it. And he and that it's actually a black owned uh, studio, um, but he turned them down, but later worked with them uh, throughout his career um, and produced it independently. Uh, the movie cost fifteen thousand dollars in 1918 money, which is still well below a lot of Hollywood uh, budgets. Um and it was actually immediately banned in a lot of places because of his ex-wife's father, which became like his kind of his nemesis throughout his career was like his ex-wife's father was like really trying to ruin his career. Um, and his ex-wife's father was a preacher. So you can see a lot of animosity. And like, so there's a lot of themes throughout his movies that I think is directly connected to his, to his life. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, moving back and being a homesteader, moving back and forth between South Kansas and Chicago. Um, and it all came from his, from his career. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then like the movie that I think got him famous was the movie within our gates, which is the movie that I saw. Um, did you see any of this movie within our gates? 1920? I haven't though. I'm interested uh, to hear what you have to say about it. It was, um, I, I liked it a lot. I mean, I, cause I, I saw two films. I saw that and I saw the exile. And from what I, I've been reading about him is his films. Once silent era hit his films kind of suffered a little bit, um, from, uh, quality. Like the, his silent films, I think are much more well-regarded um and so i i really enjoyed within our gates um because it's something that you just wouldn't expect from 1920 it was about a black woman who was trying to raise money for a black school in the south and and is trying to and is like goes into the city and is just trying to raise money and it, she was a the first educated person in her family um and her family was uh i mean spoilers but her family and this was like a flashback her family was lynched and like there's a kind of a, an intense scene of lynching and that's another topic that they're they're they they bring up a lot um, is lynching in, in the South. And it even begins, the first title card, like, straight up says, this story begins in the North, where uh, while there isn't as much lynching and stuff going on, that wasn't what they said, but as there wasn't as much Jim Crow, there was still, you know, some there was still racism. So it was like a title card straight out of a history book from today. Um, See, that's why I find you just, so powerful, and I'm so happy for criterion channel to or criterion collection to reserve like can restore these things because if you did if see if we did like a movie like that today it just wouldn't have the same like he's writing this at at time like he can write a, it doesn't have to be masterfully written it's just like 
this is what's happening. I, you know, I'm ex- I saw it. I've, I've seen, like, I've heard of it. It happened like a week ago. You yeah. Know? It's just, that, that to yeah. me, that to me is horror, horrifully, uh, like, it's, it, it's interesting to see that where it's just, like, just a title card just letting you know what's happening then. And it's horrible. Yeah. I, it also just makes me think about why Black History Month and, you know, talking about the history of, of of black Americans is so important. There's just so much that has been not taught in schools. There there should be a class in a mandatory class about black history in America. Cause this like I remember watching um uh uh uh, uh Watchmen the first episode of Watchmen was about the the Tulsa massacre. Yeah, and I'm, I feel like most people didn't know that that happened. And, 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 and what a hor- that was not that should be something that is talked because I think a lot of times people were just like, oh, the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, there was some like extreme incidents here and there, but for the most like people can con- construe it as like for the most part. But this was a full on like attack. I mean, like you know, a, like attack upon attack of innocent just people in a city. And also the funny thing as well, relating yeah. it back, not really funny, but interesting, um, relating back to Watchmen. Actually, you know the movie that they're watching at the beginning of Watchmen? Yes, I felt it's some... Accredited, it's accredited to Oscar Michaud. Right. When I was watching um, Body and Soul, I got some major uh, movie, that movie from, like, just the mm-hmm. way it was going about it. The um, movie actually, that's, to be that's clear, the movie wasn't, the movie wasn't his Right. But it said directed by Oscar Michaud in the in the thing. That is really um, cool. And in all honesty, I'm kind of sad that I uh, haven't heard about this Oscar Michaud guy. I think his movies, at least the one I saw, was pretty interesting to watch and uh, kind of inspiration. If I I don't know, it's it's pretty inspirational. I also think you might be seeing his name come up more because tyler perry is actually doing a biopic about him really wait which tyler perry is playing oscar michelle okay i'm a little worried about that just because i don't think oscar i don't think tyler tyler perry is a good director but i think he's a great i think he's a very good actor i think he might be good with some i've seen his when he does serious things no because he no, remember he, he was in he was in vice he was i thought he was pretty good in vice he no he's great in vice he's great in gone girl he's also good in that one bit he was in star trek i like i said he's a good actor a really good actor i would maybe say but i've seen bits of his serious stuff i think one was called possession and they're just they're bad he can't I don't think okay. he's well, he's a he's a I mean of course he's a successful director but he's a successful director in the same sense of um Michael Bay is a, he knows how to titillate the most easiest of neurons. <laughs> you uh, keep using titillate. I love titillating. It's it ha- right. it has a funny word. It means <laughs> So anyways, continuing on with his career, uh he was since cens- as I said he was censored a lot. Uh like they would cut out half of his films no Um, and so a lot of times he would like also like i said he would go around in his car and sell prints directly to uh theaters and being like this is the and like it also helped with um 
publicity being like this is the uncensored version like this is what the the man doesn't want you to see kind of thing um and he actually made a movie in 1923 called deceit about censorship so a lot of his things was being censored you know i mean this was right this was before in the silent era he was doing it before the code um he he was the first he was the first black uh director to make a silent movie or to make a, a talkie movie uh which was 1931's the exile uh, so I watched The Exile on Criterion Channel, little plug, Whoa. but I will say the quality is not good. Uh, it Ooh. is, uh, it was not, it has not, more so the, both the video, but also the audio quality. There are times that I'm like, I can't understand what they're saying. Like the, the audio is, is really kind of screwy. Um, and the movie also deals with, um... It's a little prudish, in my opinion, because the whole story is it's this guy, this this woman is, like, talking to, to his lover, uh, to her lover, and she's just like, I want to basically open up a, a uh, uh, what's it called? A, um, I do not, know. not a broth, it's like, um, mm, so what's, so- like, the thing that, what's the thing that, like, illegally sold a speakeasy? She wanted to open a speakeasy. Um, and the guy was just like, I am not getting involved with that. That is bad news. <laughs> so he leaves and goes to uh, South Kansas, I think, again. Um, and, uh, and leaves and goes there, meets a beautiful woman who is much more, uh, and also there's a lot of, in his movies, he deals a lot with interracial dating. Like sometimes he he's dating white women, so... This one, he 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 starts dating this white, uh, white woman whose dad, I guess, is from Ireland and like you know is anti, uh, uh, racism and like doesn't agree with any of the racism coming from the, from the from the, from America. So there, but that's kind of like there. It's a more pure like relationship, and then she goes goes back to the to, uh, the the, you know, the speakeasy lady, and um, she. She, I, I don't want to ruin it if people want to watch it, but uh, basically she gets her comeuppance, and it's kind of like it's it's a story about you know don't make speakeasies and stuff, and it it's interesting because he was actually criticized a lot by uh, black Americans at that time, like a lot of black uh, uh, journals were not for Oscar Michaud. They thought, I mean, a lot of his films are very specifically centered on middle class black american lives um and he kind of makes like mocks uh poor lower incomes like the ghettos he doesn't really talk about that and he he depicts them as not like you know over the top uh cartoonish characters as in like a lot of white movies um but it is it is interesting the complexity of this man i mean his his i don't know if his life's goal was to support all black americans but i do think i think he just needed seemed... to have his voice heard and he could not but uh, so let it rest I and mean, he could not live with it not being which uh i relate a lot to, of people you know? also also a lot of people at least to the artist a lot of people critique and so i was reading this article that talk about how a lot of people were critiquing him at the time and years since about his his films were not uh aesthetic they were not uh they weren't shot well i guess it didn't have the same hollywood 
level and like he would uh use shots repeatedly like he would shoot one thing from a movie and then he would be like this doesn't really work i'm just going to use it for another movie like he would he would do all these kind of things and also like i was saying about how he was uh he was depicted some africans as like or some like people from like native uh native africans uh as you know people who are dumb and stuff um but uh what I then I would later be reading is it talked about how he uh he was like saying his like first off he didn't have any money so how was he able to compete with Hollywood movies he was doing all of this stuff alone and also he was a complex human being in which he had his own specific perspectives on life so it's like there is just so much I think put on his shoulder as being the first one of the first black directors of being like he should have been this saint of like black like this black hero savior person but no he was just showing slice of life like the real life of truly this is black americans in america and showing them as not just as what hollywood depicts them as as people from the ghetto but as people who uh have are like hard like or not that they're hard working but like have uh you know there's they're in society in a lot of different ways so a it's society. a very complex, yeah, very complex no. man and and film history. I, w- I mean, I, he, his all. It's, go ahead. I, I would have loved to see like if if he was given more money and was born at a different time, you know. To, yeah. Um, see what could have happened. Like for instance, mm-hmm. is for instance, um, something I saw that was uh, his from a filmmaker point of view, he he, he broke. He didn't. He didn't break the mold with you know camera movement, but he did editorial wise, like storytelling wise. I think was not ahead of his time, but definitely advanced. I guess it was ahead of his time. Just kind of like cutting back and forth, mm-hmm. uh, using colorization of the film to show what's a memory and what's not a memory. You know, like there would be several yeah. times where it'd be like, and a memory, like a memory, and the 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 color would be blue. Uh, and then intercutting stuff to show how she like the mom got the money. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was creative. I just would have loved to see what would have happened if he was just given a million. He was given dollars. anything? No, uh, yeah, like yeah. if he was given money and actually had people in the business helping him, kind of being like, "Oh yeah, we're the best sound people. Oh, we're the best costumers. Um, mm-hmm. We will help you tell your story." Um, unfortunately that I mean like I said this is the story of someone who worked himself to death uh, and he died in 1951 at 67 uh, and he was bankrupt he had no money Um, and I mean his movies I think as like I said as it got into talkies they got more and more criticized Uh, hey Um, maybe maybe this is truly the timing it's interesting how history works but maybe we are in the era of of the revitalization of Oscar Michaud. Michaud, yeah. Um, he, uh, I mean, I think of him in the same vein as uh, a John Cassavetes or a Werner Herzog. These people who, like, go against the system, not in the same way, you know, obviously, they they didn't, they weren't black Americans and talking about being black in America, but just in the fact that they... Their love of had cinema to make, and They had to, to make, make movies 
at whatever cost, and they would sell everything they had. They would risk their whole entire careers. And also, there was, there was a thing in which someone was saying he purposefully tried to avoid aesthetically pleasing shots. And that is the same reason for um, John Cassavetes. John Cassavetes was like, I don't want to have like Hollywood shots, or I, I want to just focus on like the, the actors. Um, and so he would do the same thing. Um, I mean, it's just the story of a man who just like had to make a film and did and had an extremely extensive career, uh, despite all odds. Um, so, um, this is a man, this is a man who truly is a film, like, well, I mean, once you're a filmmaker, you are truly a filmmaker, but, um, there's a saying for, if you're a cop, um, I forget what they said in the wire, uh, but it's like, you know, you can be a cop. But this is oh, this is what it is. You know, you're doing good. You're doing true policing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not just making a film. But I feel like the film. There's some sort of spirit out there. I don't know what it is, but some people are cursed with its essence, and there are people who have to make a film with its essence, and they'll do it until they die. And that's what it was with Oscar Micheaux. Uh, and, a, and it's uh, it's a it's a hard feeling to have this, um, and I couldn't imagine what he he would have like what he felt like not really getting nationally recognized. But I hope I really hope that he did die a happy man, knowing that he made so many films. I mean, I hope that for everyone. I hope so too. Um, but we're not talking about them. The, yeah, go watch an Oscar Micheaux movie now. I'd recommend Within Our Gates. Also, it sounds like Body and Soul. Um, sounds Very like a good, good movie. movie. Yeah, and maybe you know, watch some Criterion um, essays about it. Just kind of give yeah. you an overview. Just broaden so you... your mind. Yeah, uh, and I guess. All right, let's uh, get out of here yeah. before uh, this guy wakes up. Hey, everybody! I just wanted. I, I I was sleeping, and I just wanted to let you guys know. I, I'm I'm sorry if I accidentally sounded offensive. I that was my bad. Man, you're really uh, worried about this. I. I think. What are you talking? I think I, you I, have. I went to. I didn't apologize. Me. You just apologized. I, I did, but like beforehand. I. I just want to let you guys know. Oh. I didn't want to just randomly say Zach has Chinese eyes. No, no. It's I think okay. in it's, general. I think in general you should meant, stop comparing people's eyes to a whole nation because I just don't get what that means. I just. I think it's really cool to, to to compare things to dynasties and legacies. And you know what, guys? I think this podcast, if if I had to say... Radio show. <laughs> okay. The pain is coming to you, buddy. Here I come. I oh, wasn't no! going to fight you. No, Sam, you have upset her. Here I come. My fist is like America. Broken and corrupt. Stop yeah! comparing things.